Chapter 10 of The Inevitable. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anastasia Saloha. The Inevitable by Louis Cupeyus. Translated by Alexander Takshera de Matos. Chapter 10. The day after the dance at table, Cornelia received a strange impression. Suddenly, as she slipped her delicious ganzana, ordered for her by Rudyard, she became aware that it was not by accident that she was sitting with the Baronin and her daughter, with Urania and Miss Taylor. She saw that the Marchesa had an intention behind this arrangement. Rudyard, always civil, polite, thoughtful, always full of attentions, his pockets always filled with cards of introduction very difficult to obtain, or so at least he contended, talked without ceasing, lately more particularly to Miss Taylor, who went faithfully to hear all the best church music and always returned home in ecstasy. The pale, simple, thin little English woman, who at first used to go into raptures over museums, ruins, and the sunsets of the Aventine and the Monte Mario, and who was always stirred by her rambles through Rome, now devoted herself exclusively to the hundreds of churches, visited and studied them all, and above all faithfully attended the musical services, and spoke aesthetically of the choir in the Centine Chapel, and the quavering glories of the male soprani. Cornelia spoke to Mrs. van der Stahl and the Baronin von Roskirch of the conversation between the Marchesa and her nephew, which he had heard through the half-open door. But neither of them, though interested and curious, took the Marchesa's words seriously, regarding them only as so much thoughtless talk between a foolish matchmaking aunt and an unwilling nephew. Cornelia was struck by seeing how unable people are to take things seriously. But the Baronin was quite indifferent, saying that Rudyard could do her no harm and was still supplying her with tickets. And Mrs. van der Stahl, who had been in Rome a long time and was accustomed to little boarding-house conspiracies, considered that Cornelia was making herself too uneasy about the fair Urania's fate. Suddenly, however, Miss Taylor disappeared from the table. They thought that she was ill until it came to light that she had left the pension baloney. Rudyard said nothing, but a few days later the whole pension knew that Miss Taylor had been converted to the Catholic faith and had moved to a pension recommended by Rudyard, a pension frequented by Monsignore and noted for its religious tone. Her disappearance produced a certain constraint in the conversation between Rudyard, the German ladies and Cornelia and the latter, in the course of a week which the Baronin was spending at Naples, changed her seat and joined her fellow countrywomen, the Van der Stahls. The von Kirches also changed, because of the drought, said the Baronin. Their seats were taken by new arrivals. And Urania was left alone with Radiat at lunch and dinner, amid those foreign elements. Cornelia reproached herself, and one day spoke seriously to the American girl and warned her. But she dared not repeat what she had overheard at the dance, and her warning made no impression on Urania. And when Radiat had obtained for Miss Hope the privilege of a private audience of the Pope, Urania would not hear a word against Radiat, and considered him the kindest man whom she had ever met, Jesuit or no Jesuit. 
but radiat continued to appear through a haze of mystery and people were not agreed as to whether he was a priest or a layman End of chapter 10